after I've gotten feedback from them, I go into my CRM because after the first phone call, the first email came in, all that data, I, Tim Winfrey is in my CRM with all the information that I got from it, right? And then new information goes in when I, when I get that, right? And then the next phone call, I'm able to, or next email or next text, I'm able to reference back to that, right? So again, this is where, this is not rocket science, but it is grunt work. It does mean that after I get off this. Welcome to the Freedom Chaser Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. All right, welcome to the show. Meet Dave Gregg, franchise developer for First Class Real Estate and a franchise owner of First Class Real Estate Integrity in Chesapeake, Virginia. Dave, we're super stoked to have you here today, man. And we're gonna be talking lead conversion with you. So why don't we just start off with a top level view of your lead conversion strategy and then we'll dig a little bit deeper into it. Awesome, thanks a lot, Timmy. I highly appreciate being here, man. Um, love helping out people and, and, and figuring this business out. So, you know, the, the, the top level view is, is mostly, like at the end of the day, it's just grind and do the work is, is really what the, the big old summary is. You, lead sources are lead sources, they all, are not great, right? But they all are great in that they all work as if you work them. And that's kind of, that's pretty much it. That's what, that's what I practiced. That's what I preach. Gotcha. So when we're talking lead conversion, do you follow a specific follow-up system? Do you want to touch everybody eight to 12 times or kind of give me an idea what you're looking for in terms of actions that people should be taking? Oh, good, really good question. So I actually don't have a specific formula that I work in the sense of like, I know there's the, num the numbers are out there. You got to touch everybody seven to 12 times, et cetera, and whatnot. But to me, it was a little bit more of, I had a little bit of a mindset change um, compared to most other, what I found most other real estate agents had. Maybe it's just because of how I came into real estate. Actually, I started working with um, my early part of my career in real estate. I was working with investors uh, is how I started out. I was actually not a real estate agent. I was a sales manager for a, for a flipper. In the area, um, and then with that, I, I ended up functioning a lot with and, and rubbing shoulders with a lot of investors. So the, the the thought process I found that I've got trained into has been different than than what most realtors or real estate agents get trained into. Um, a lot more on the go for the close, get the deal, figure things out a little bit later. You can always fix paperwork later, kind of thing. So there's look. There's some places where you can't do some of that, you know, there's, there's, there, there, there's a little bit of some fine lines there, um, but a whole lot more on the, let's, you know, let's, um, a famous saying of, of the guy who mentored me, Ryan Finch, the owner of the company here, is the end of the day, the, the, the whole point of a phone call is to get the appointment. If you have a phone call with a prospect or, or a lead and you don't end up with an appointment, you failed, right? Now that sounds a little harsh, right? And it's not hardcore that way, but th that's the big general concept. If you had a phone call and you had a conversation with them and you didn't close them for an appointment, then somewhere along the line, you dropped the ball because you failed to communicate to them that they needed you. 100% agreed. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer. And even like the appointment doesn't necessarily need to be in person, right? You could just be setting the follow-up time. That's still an appointment, right? Mm -hmm. They're expecting to hear from you again. Right. So, Oh, we'll always end up with the intention of a follow-up at a bare minimum. Right. Yep. That's a very good way to put that. Yep. Absolutely. 
Cool. I would love a little bit more context on your investing background. So when you were working with this investor, were you doing wholesale type deals or what? Well, give me a little bit of context there because uh, I no. started off as an investor too, actually. Oh yeah, excellent. Yeah, I love I love investors. Love working with investors. I've done some myself. Um, no, he was just a, a local guy doing. I, I you know he'd, he'd grown a business where it was him and a partner and a, the small crew, and they got to the point where they were selling. It was they were doing about twenty five thirty a month a year. Uh, and that was at the point where they were, um, they needed the brought in sales manager to help get them out the back door, right? They needed to offload that part of their business to somebody else. Um, and so that's where I came in. So I ended up just, uh, doing that. Um, you don't need a license to be able to sell your, your boss's real estate, right? You, so that's a, I was just a salaried employee. And then we, um, we found out, you know, I was pretty good at converting buyers, people would call in and, and we could, I, but then, you know, even with 25 to 30, that means we had three in any given month that was available to them. So if they didn't like this house, they probably wouldn't like our other two because they were different. And then I couldn't, so then I got my real estate license so I could take the buyers, take the buyers elsewhere. Right. Um, and, uh, and that's, that's just kind of how, how I got started. Um, so again, l l l working a lot with um, the off market type stuff, um, working with wholesalers, working with flippers, um, and, and doing some creative real estate things and, and whatnot. And so I've, I'm a lot more into, um, let's see how we can put a deal together, right? As opposed to having to play in a very narrow sandbox, let's find creative ways to get things done sometimes, right? So same thing, going back to the, to the, to the lead conversion type thing, like I'm all about when I'm working with somebody, uh, I, I don't try and just simply provide them with information, which is what I find a lot of real estate agents, realtors do, right? They're just trying to help somebody. I'm all about, no, let's, let's capture the deal. So let, let me capture that lead. Let me capture that buyer, right? Um, and, and, and let me capture that seller by nailing down a, an appointment with, with some specific parameters to that appointment. Either come meet me at the office or let me, I'm going to come and meet you at your house or I'm going to set, set up a time where my lender calls you and, and we'll get you pre-approved, whatever that is, like, let's, let's get that done, right? And then we can figure out the next step later. Um, so I'm curious, since you have some experience working with wholesalers and you've done some creative things in the past, when you're on, say, a listing presentation, do you take a more flexible approach where you're more question-based? It's like, hey, what do you yes. need from me? What is your goals and things of that nature? Because when you have four exits, right? Because you could do creative financing, seller financing rather, subject to, you could list it, you could wholesale it. All of a sudden, it's it's a far more open conversation where you could kind of be a consultant, especially if it's a motivated seller, if it's off market, it's like, hey, I got four solutions for you. You tell me which one is your best, right? Um, do you take a more collaborative approach there or are you kind of going for the listing every time? Uh, no, 100%, 100%. Well, I both. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'm going for the listing, right? Um, but whether that listing means I am bringing a, a cash buyer to the table or setting them up for you know, some kind of a, a sub two deal or whatever, that you're, you're right. My, so I, I tell agents who wanted to, um, to learn from me how I do my listing presentation. I say, actually, you know, I don't, I don't know that I can teach you and, and to, to come along. I don't have a script. Right. So I went, I went and got some training, had some paid some coach, you know, there's some well-known coaches in, in real estate that um, that I've, I've gone to some of the seminars and had some trainings from them. And, and they have you have a packet. Right. So I bring a pack, but I never use 
to script just because it wasn't wasn't me. You're right, 100%. It's us. I'd be sitting down chit chatting. So what is it though? You know what's causing you to move at this time? What's your time frame? When do you want to go? But a lot of things that they have in the script, but then I'd be digging maybe in a way a little bit deeper, maybe have just a bigger framework or, or thought process that allowed me to then be able to craft sometimes um, some some scenarios for them. Now look, 99% of the time we go straight listing, right? Because that's the best answer for most people. That really is, right? Nine uh, times out of 10. Yeah, nine yeah. times out of 10, for sure. But having the other options is never going to hurt you, right? No. And what I love about what you said, because I think having a script is cool when you're getting started, that's fine, right? But ultimately, the better you can do it off the fly, the better it feels for the person that you're talking to, because 100%. you're having an actual conversation, yeah. right? Because when you're scripted and you're running through a presentation, like one thing I hate <laughs> is like the big booklet listing presentation, like, look how great I am. I'm amazing here. I did this, I did this, I did that. And I'm so awesome. And it's just like, you know, honestly, the person that you're talking to doesn't really care how great you are. They care how much you can help them. Yeah, yeah, very well said. That's exactly right. Um, and so I, a little bit on my history there. So I actually, most of my listing stuff came later in my career from repeat and referrals. So I was really a heavily buyer agent influenced um, uh, uh, process at the, at the front side. Again, because of how it came in, my leads came from listings. So the flipper had the listing. I got buyer leads off of that by either holding the open houses or people called off signs or whatever, right? Same thing when I joined the Ryan Finch team, that was the precursor to first class real estate, the, the franchise system that we have now. Um, Ryan was a massive uh, producer of, of lead gen because we had a, a bunch of listings from REOs, from short sales, from just his own way of generating leads. So then I signed on, I was basically a buyer's agent. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, listings come, whatever, but a lot of it was I created a, a, a fairly large, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, sphere from past clients right because i i learned how to convert really well the leads that were coming in right and that that to me being able to see that that process get that process nailed down which allowed me to close a lot of clients help a lot of people into houses then that generated for me the repeat referral business where for most of the last 10 years i've done very little in the way of marketing right it's just been people sending stuff just me staying in front of past clients a little bit um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, I haven't been paying for Zillow leads. I haven't been paying for, for any of this stuff, uh, on a personal level. Now that I own a franchise and I need to lead gen more for my agents and we're, we're jumping into that. And that's where I'm seeing that the, sometimes the, the way that agents go about trying to convert these lead sources is just not, there's better ways to do it. Let me just put it that way. In my opinion, there's, there's better ways to do it than what they've been trained uh, to do in the past. Without question. So obviously you, you kind of hit the ground running there. It's great that you had that investor that gave you the opportunity to sell yeah. these houses. And, and then you saw the opportunity, which is golden. It's like, hey, I got these buyers. They need houses. They don't want these houses, but there's other yeah. houses on the market. So let's figure it out. So you mentioned that other agents aren't necessarily doing the follow-up process correctly. What do you think that they're doing wrong? Um, okay. So at the end of the day, this is really good. Ah, man, there's so much to unpack there. <laughs> Look, and, and I don't want to denigrate anybody because it's like we just we're just doing this naturally. And then a lot of the training that that have we've had 
not the, I think some of the stuff where we, we pay, like there's a lot more, there's more gurus out there now, right? That you can pay to get some really good quality training. It's more the traditional training that happens within brokerages that I see that, that, that I sometimes I, I, I would, I don't disagree with. I think that there's a better way to do it. So at the end of the day, we're salespeople, much as we hate to say it, right? Some of us buck that. No, you're in sales. I'm in sales, right? Now you don't have to be the greasy, slimy salesperson, but you got to go, you got to learn closes. You got to learn, learn test closes. You got to learn how to read your client. You got to learn all this stuff, right? So when you do though, a lot of my process was like, it's not about the house. So here's another phrase I use. It has nothing to do with the house. It has everything to do with the person, whether they're buying or selling, but especially on the buy side, because most leads come in saying, Hey, I want to know more about one, two, three main street. Right. And agents get focused then on, okay, let me pull it, figure out what 123 Main Street is and tell them all about it. And hey, it's whatever, four bedroom, two and a half bathroom, 250,000 bucks or whatever, or it's, oh, sorry, it's under contract, but I can find you some other stuff. Well, as soon as you tell them that information, if any of that information doesn't fit into the, into the paradigm that that buyer has, they're gone. Because you know what? We're not necessary anymore for finding information, really. So when I, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, we were the gatekeepers, realtors, real estate agents. We were the gatekeepers for information on houses, right? But then along came Zillow and Trulia and blew that wide open. And then the internet expanded with more access to information, everything. It's, it's all out there. So we really are guides now. We're guides and salespeople, but we're no longer the keepers of the information. So if somebody has come in and they've asked a question about something, really with a little bit more, inf little bit of research on their part, they could probably find that information out. So why are they contacting you? Just because it's really because they thought for whatever reason that was the easy button at that particular time. So if, if you make it so that's no longer the easy button, they don't want you, right? And they don't need us to be sending them information because we got a wealth of information, we have too much information at our fingertips. They don't want that. Just another email coming in, just another phone call coming in, just another text. They don't want that. Right. So what do they want? They want somebody, as you alluded to earlier, they want somebody who they can see knows them. We need to they know them and we know them well enough so that they can see, OK, so this person can help me accomplish this goal that I have. Right. And so it's all of it has nothing to do with the house, not nothing, nothing, but almost nothing to do with any particular house. It has everything to do with that person, where they're at and the process that you got to take them through. Right. So the, the more in any given conversation you learn about that process, that person and show that, you know, the process. And then in that you're showing them that they don't know the process. So that's why they need you. Right. The more you the better you can do that, the, the better you're able to go for that, that close for that appointment. Right. So. Um, wow. That, that good. And it is, I've got more I can riff off of that. And you've got questions. You're good. Yeah. So the question I have, the, the immediate question that comes to mind, so you just told me what somebody would do wrong. Like somebody says, hey, you got a house on 123 Main Street. I want to know how many bedrooms are there or whatever. They're asking a pointless question that's easily answered. And once you answer it again, they got what they needed, right? So they're going to get off the phone as soon as possible, unless it's still available. So what would be your approach? Instead of just giving them that information, what kind of questions would you ask to get them to open up? Very good. <laughs> so uh, the, and then back to we talked br briefly about script right so i do have a script 
that even more recently, just because I needed to test our systems in the office, I kind of jumped back into um, um, taking lead calls for a little bit, just not that I was going to convert, like convert and hand on them out, right? But but just so I could see what our process were like. So even at this stage in the game, I went and printed that old script out again, and I had it with me, right? Just because I was rusty enough that I needed, so I, so we ha you have a script, right? The point of that script is to so you can learn it well enough so you have the questions memorized so they're internalized so that you no longer have to think about them so that then in the conversation you're able to focus on that person and what they're actually saying, right? Everybody skips that part and they go straight to the, well, let me just focus, try and focus on the person, right? They don't, because they the, the hard part, and again, this is where I find that age, it's, it's not, our business is one where you don't have to be a genius to do it. But you got to do the grunt work and people don't like the grunt work, right? Because we're in sales. So if you've got you to learn how to sell, people get into real estate. I find a lot of because of the freedom it affords. You can work from home, work from wherever, because we get to go see houses and whatever. They like how because they want to see people. Instead, it's no, we're we're in sales that requires some some grunt work. And that grunt work is learning scripts. So that, that script includes. Just again, asking them questions. So they, they say, Hey, I want to know about one, two, three, main street, whether it's an email or whatever. The whole point that I'm trying to do is get a phone conversation. So I'm trying to get them on the phone. And in that phone conversation, I'm asking, it's just some simple questions. So what was it about this particular house that caused you to call? Right? Because there's something. So, you know, what was it? I wanted it was the white picket fences because it's four bedrooms. So the, the dad lives right down the street. Mom lives around the corner. What is, what is it about this? Right? And then whatever information they give me, I try and congratulate them with, with a, that's good, that's awesome, love that information, given a lot of positive affirmations out there, right? I almost don't care what the information is coming in, it's relevant to them, right? And since it's relevant to them, let's affirm them in that, okay? Regardless of, I might think the place that they're calling about is, is a, not a really good place to be living in, right? Doesn't matter, to them it is, right? Or I might think that particular house is way overpriced for that neighborhood, doesn't matter to me. That's my personal opinion. They have a different opinion. That's what matters. They're the ones that that, that deserve that affirmation, right? So, um, and then you're able to listen to the conversation to hear hear what they're saying, right? So, um, a couple examples. Let me just, you know, they, they say it's because of the price point, right? There's, they called on because it's whatever. Uh, in our area, around three hundred fifty thousand is an average price point, right? So it's a three hundred fifty thousand dollar house, right? People, unless they're paying cash, are not actually buying uh, the house. They're buying a payment, right? So uh, I immediately will convert that into so hey, this, so that sounds great. So what so that what kind of payment was it that you were looking for there, right? So they gave me information, and I turn it into another question, right? Based off of whatever it is that they're they're talking about. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it's uh, possible, but I mean, I, I, there's a, again, the script that we use that I use for what we call live calls coming in, uh, a sign call script. Um, I'm happy to share that. I've got that in a PDF version. And, and it really is, there's a couple throwaway questions that just start off at the top to get you, because a call comes in and, and you're not, you're doing your do, daily do. You're either working or you might be shopping, grocery shopping or someplace and a call comes in. You got to get your mind straight. So there's a couple throwaway questions at the beginning just to get your mind back in the game. And then I just jump right into, so you called about 123 Main Street. That's awesome. When I get that information together, what's a good email address that I should send that to? 
right? Or when I get some inside photos, where should I send those insights? So, so I capture their email address. I, I double check their phone number to make sure the number they're calling from, because it might be a work phone they're calling from. That doesn't do me any good. I need their cell phone. So is this a good cell phone number I should call you back at, right? Um, I'm listening to the conversation that they're having, because if they ever say the word we, well, now I know they got a mouse in the pocket or there's somebody else that's the decision maker, right? So that's awesome. Hey, Tim, you said, I heard you say we, who's we, by the way, right? So now all of a sudden, then I found out, hey, there's a, a, a spouse involved, there's, a, there's a, a, a significant other involved, there's a mom or dad involved or whatever. Now, guess what? Then I can go, well, that's awesome. By the way, what's their phone, their name? And just in case I can't reach you, Tim, what's the number I should reach them at? You know, just in case that just were to happen. And, and again, the vast majority of the time, if you're having this in conversational form, you're not just drilling them with questions, right? But every time you give them a little positive affirmation, hey, that's awesome, Tim, that's beautiful information. Oh, yeah, you got, you, it's, your, it's your wife that's involved. How long have you guys been married? Mm -hmm. Well, beautiful. Me and my wife have been married, yada, yada, you know, and then you're throwing that in and then you're able to go, by the way, just in case I can't reach them, what's the number I should reach, reach them at if I can't reach you? And, and then all of a sudden I got their phone number, right? And then you just yeah. you to take that down, you're having a conversation with them, then all of a sudden they're feeling like you know them. Now look, then you have make sure you have pen and paper so you can make notes while you're talking, because you can't do that on your phone while you're talking, right? So you need to have some kind of mm -hmm. way to write things down. And then you, you you're going right at the end. It is it's always so hey, you know, I'm actually available today and, and so sales part, right? Sales part. Mm -hmm. You don't ask yes, no questions. Hey, can I meet with you today? No. Well, yeah. Then you're dead no. in the water. Are you available at four o'clock or, uh, or, or is six o'clock better? <laughs> 100%. And that's the sales part that a lot of realtors, real estate agents just don't, they don't have. You don't ask yes, no questions that are, that, that you give them two options, right? Because if both those options don't work, they'll tell you that. And then you can go for a third option. Right, but if you give them just yeah, eight, but they'll they'll often they'll often just give you a third option. They like, will. You know, tomorrow yeah, morning is much better for me. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So same thing. I don't ask can I's right. So hey, can I have my uh, my lender give you a phone call right to see if we can get you pre-approved? I don't ask them are they pre-approved right. Let me. I don't say are you pre-approved because that feels invasive for one. Plus it 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 also um it's a it's a word that doesn't necessarily equate to them. They may or may not know what pre-approved really means, right? But they know they don't have the cash. They're used to buying cars and sometimes, of course, furniture and some other stuff on, on payments, on credit, right? So I, the, the phrase I use is, hey, have you got your financing in place yet or is that something you still need to do, right? So again, general, like soft touch the question, but then I'm also not, it's not, have you got your financing in place? No, well, then I'm done. Right. Is that have you got your financing in place or is that something you still need to do? Two, two options again. Right. So that's the sales pitch part. And then and then I, they're giving me one or the other. Right. And then if they, they say, yes, they've got their financing in place. Well, awesome. That's who, which is the bank and what type of loan product are you using? Let's let's go down that route. They say no. Then I say, perfect. I've got a great finance guy for you. I'll have them give you a call. Should I have them call you like in the next 30 minutes or would be tomorrow morning be better? Right two options again and that the whole script the whole conversation goes that way and is it perfect does it always work absolutely not but it greatly increases your odds of being able to convert that so you're on the phone into an appointment right so and 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 then and that's that's the whole that's the whole close part right um yeah let me go next step right 
So again, because the vast majority of the time, even with that script, even with all the experience that I've got, most of the time they don't convert right then and there, right? So then what do you do with the rest of them? Now you're a little bit in chase mode, right? I don't like being in chase mode, right? But if you use the script, you've got enough information about them and what's going on that you're, you know a little bit more about them now. The mistake a lot of real estate agents, in my opinion, do is then they, they set them up on these drips, right? All our CRMs, all our MLSs have just these automated drips we can just set up and we're spamming them. They don't want to be spammed, right? They don't want it that. They don't want that. They yeah, don't need and that. They're probably on four or five agents lists anyways. hundred percent. So we're, I'm just another piece of noise in the noise, right? No, I would much rather than take the time and I'm going to find something very specific. Now, if I don't know what they're looking for, I'm looking for something that is a little bit odd, unique, different, right? So that I have a reason to, to call, send it, call them about it, text it to them and do some follow-up. So I'm looking for something like, like, uh, like I'll look for something with just unique features. Like this is, this is a foreclosed house, right? The foreclosed house is a deal, yada, yada, something like that, a short sale or something like that, or something that's on the water, something with a big pool or something that's brand new construction or something that requires cash only because it, it's a distressed sale and needs a hundred thousand dollar renovation. And these allow me then- Let me pause you a second because I have to compliment you real quick because you're, you're choosing your words very carefully. Because um, a lot of agents, like instead of saying this is a foreclosure, they'll be like, oh, this is an REO, right? So they expect their client to understand real estate knowledge somehow, but you've, right. you've already eliminated that from the whole equation. You, you've stripped it down and made it easy. Explain it like I'm five. Right. Just great stuff there. Appreciate it. Yeah, 100%. I need to talk in their language, in their language so they understand. And and then and the whole point of that is, do I really think that they're going to be, they want to buy that foreclosed house? Probably not. My odds are like one in a million. It has nothing to do with that. It has only to do with so separating me from all the other noise that they got, right? Because I'm pinpointing stuff. Because then they'll be able to ask, I didn't send them a list of 25 houses or 2,500 houses that then said, hey, let me know which ones you like. No, it's, hey, I found this thing. I was thinking, Tim, I was thinking of you today, right? That's my email or my text or, or whatever. Tim, I was thinking of you today and I just, I saw this house come up. I don't know if it's even anything like what you're looking for, but I just noticed it and because it is yada, yada, right? And whatever that yada, yada is, is it, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. I'm just trying to find what's something that interests you, right? It's got a 50 car garage and you go, that's awesome. I wish I could afford that. Well, mm -hmm. what can you afford? You know, then the conversations go, well, hey, did you, uh, you know, let me have my lender call you. Let's see what we can get you pre-approved for. And maybe I can get you a five-car garage, right? The, 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 then the conversation can go somewhere. Make sense? Without question. So you're basically leading them along then. Because if you only give them one property, they're going to give you feedback, right? So I mean, right. you give them 30 properties. They're not going to say anything half the time because it's almost information overwhelm. And also what you're doing very effectively here um, is using a marketing term. It's a pattern interrupt, right? Because I guarantee you nearly every buyer is on several agents lists, right? At, at a bare minimum, they're getting pounded by Zillow um, at a bare minimum, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so what you're doing is you're doing the opposite of what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is sending mass amounts of houses you're picking one house and you're just starting the conversation you're building on the foundation of the relationship not on right you know drip campaigns and things of that nature 100 percent, 100 percent. and then with that then after i've gotten feedback from them i go into my crm
because after the first phone call, the first email came in, all that data, I, Tim Winfrey is in my CRM with all the information that I got from you, right? And then new information goes in when I, when I get that, right? And then the next phone call, I'm able to, or next email or next text, I'm able to reference back to that, right? So again, this is where, this is not rocket science, but it is grunt work. It does mean that after I get off this, this podcast with you here, I would need to go and take the next five minutes and go and write things down, right? After I got off that phone call, I got to go into my CRM and log it in. And, and, and so I'm sitting here in my chair doing this stuff. This is not glamorous work, but you know what? Then when I get paid, right? You get that 3% commission off of a $350,000 house in our area, that's $10,500. And you look at the total hours that you put into that person, it might've been 20 hours, right? Total actual hours of putting, like that start to finish. Like 20 hours is a lot that you actually put into one. And so you got paid on that one person, but what's that, 500 bucks an hour or something like that? So I'm not an attorney. Not bad. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not qualified for nothing in this country and I'm getting paid $500 an hour? That, that makes up for mm -hmm. all those other times that you work and you get zero and you work and you get zero and you work and you get zero. And then you start actually, you average it out and your, your average hourly wage still is still crazy. The potential in this, in this field, it's still just crazy numbers. Absolutely. Um, 100%. I think like the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle applies really well here. Mm. Typically, 80% of what you do results in no money, but the 20% of effective work that you're doing ends up paying you well enough for the whole amount of time that you're working. So it ends up balancing out. So you said something really important there. You said you came here, you have no qualifications, you're not an attorney. So let's get into that story a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm, uh, I don't know if my accents come out. I've been in the States for long enough, but I'm from Canada originally, born and raised there. Um, graduated from, uh, from university with a psychology degree, which uh, is essentially useless, uh, unless you go on and get a, a PhD. <clears throat> So I used that to uh, go teach English in uh, in South Korea. Lived over in South Korea for for a long time in the uh, or, you know mid to late nineties and into the early two thousands. Uh, it's where I met my wife. She was also doing the same thing. Uh, she's American. That's how I ended up here. We uh, we got married and immigrated to the states. And um, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I, we came here. That was not the plan. Kind of a little bit of a long story there, but the the short gist of it is uh, I was on a green card and we we had to, we were overseas and had to come back so that I wouldn't lose my green card status. Cause once you get one of those, as an immigrant, I'm telling you, you don't, you don't, you don't mess with that. You don't mess with that. So we had no you got six months and you gotta, you gotta be here every six months. Huh? <laughs> something like that. Something like that. So, uh, so I was, I'm, I'm here and, uh, we had, uh, I'm qualified for nothing. Um, thinking I might go back to uh, to university or college to to get a degree or a mass, you know, master's degree or a PhD and something I really didn't know. Ended up reading Rich Dad Poor Dad book. And uh, that totally changed the trajectory of my life because that book was me. My my parents were teachers. I was teaching English. I was, I got, I was, you know, part of why I communicate the way I do is because I, I do have a teacher's heart in me, right? Um, and, and so I, I like helping educate people. Um, but that would have paid me I would have been broke. You know, unfortunately, that's the sad reality of the way it is right now. The teachers are not well paid. Um, so uh, I ended up taking a different path. Um, just 
God's timing on some stuff, landed everything in place. Uh, a realtor came by right at that time. He sold us the house and uh, said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I, you know, I think I need to get into sales of something. Maybe I'll sell cars because I like cars. But you could connect to me instead with this, this flipper. And um, the rest is history there. So, yeah, that's uh, I um, if, if this were to fail, I don't really have a plan B because I got no degrees. So um, this we're just making this work. And, and it's been it's been going great so far. So, hey. It's good. There you go, man. You just got to keep taking massive action, right? And and I'm with yeah. you, man. I dropped out after one year. I was like, yep, this is not worth my time or money. This is literally what they taught me last year. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, very cool stuff, man. Very cool. So one more question for you. Like, what do you think is one of the biggest challenges that you see your agents needing to overcome? The biggest challenge, it it honestly is, and that's why I keep pinging it, and it is is that they just take action, take action. I got a perfect example right now. So uh, we, I've got a got about sixty agents now in in uh, in the franchise that I own. So right, we uh, we took it over. We had fifty uh, when we bought it, and then grew it to sixty. Going to be growing it to hundred this year, um, but. Um, we recently brought on a new agent. She's a, a second career. Uh, so she's already got a career and looking at uh, and, and has been successful in that and is looking to transition or add it on. We'll see, you know, she's exploring real estate. And um, she, uh, she just started taking action. So she did an open house, right? Her, her license came in on like a Wednesday and that weekend she did an open house. At that open house, she's got, she got the lucky part, right? Uh, but she landed a buyer prospect who then she ended up taking out and then found him a house and got him under contract. Right. So you go, so, so she got lucky. Yes. hundred percent. Cause the vast majority of the time you do an open house is not going to directly translate a one-to-one -one ratio of open house to closed buyer. Right. However, she would have had zero chance if she didn't go and do the open house. So she knows nothing yet about the whole process, writing a contract, by doing a buyer present, none of that. She still did the open house, right? So she did that. She took our, um, she, she, we got what we call pond leads, which are essentially older leads that other agents have either discarded or failed at or just got missed or whatever. We got a bunch of bucket lead type stuff, right? She went in there, called down the, the row. I don't know how many she did. She landed another buyer out of that that she's got under ratified contract right now, right? So uh, then the third thing, just last weekend when it was like butt cold in this area here, she was out door knocking, dropping off CMAs in this neighborhood that she chose. And she landed one prospect that said, you know what? I like that you're working hard and it's so cold out here today. I'm actually looking at listing my house sometime this summer. I'm going to give you a chance at it. Right now it's a chance. She hasn't got it, but again, she would have had zero chance if she didn't go out and do it. So this is a brand new agent who's figuring things out as she goes. And that's the whole, that's the whole point. Just go and do, go, go and do, go and do, right? If agents just go and do their team leader, their broker can help them figure it out later. If you call me up and it, it's late and you say, Hey Dave, I've got, I've got a buyer that wants to put an offer on a house and your brand, like your brand new agent, you know what? I'm, I'm taking your call, right? And I'm dropping whatever I, I'm doing at that point in time to be able to help you out as, to the best I can, right? But if you're, if you're a five-year agent and you give me that type of a phone call, then I go, 
you know what, then you should have showed up at the training that we had last week and the month before and, and whatnot, right? So there's, there's different levels there, but you go, there's, there's that just go and do, right? And, and if you're able to just do these things and are able to correct things, you call, you, you have these conversations and you say, hey, Dave, I heard you say, look, if you have a conversation and you, should, and you didn't get it landed, uh, an appointment, then you failed. Well, I just talked to like 10 different buyers that I met at my open house on all of them. None of them have agents, but I couldn't get any of them to, uh, to, to, to meet with me, right? That's fine. I love that because you're doing it. And so then now all we got to do is like if the ship's moving, just moving in the wrong direction somewhere, there's a, I can, we can course correct, right? But if you're not mm-hmm. doing it and you're just sitting at home going, I don't know what to say to these people, so I'm not even going to call them, right? there's there's nothing as a as a as a leader that 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 can be done so that's i would say that's the biggest thing just go and do go and do and and results happen and then those that are in place uh, as your leader have something they can work with that that yep can convert well you got nothing to work on if you're not doing anything right so one of my favorite quotes another guest had he's like Ignorance on fire beats knowledge on ice, right? Like you could learn everything before you do it. And ultimately, you're still going to run into the same problems as somebody that doesn't know anything because you're going to learn as you go anyway. So you might as well just plow through it as quickly as you can. You're going to figure it out quick. Like this new agent you talked about, she's got two deals already. She already learned more than anybody could ever learn reading a book, hands down. 100%. And she's got more in the pipeline. And because of that, her conversion rate of those things that are in the pipeline is going to be better because she already has made some mistakes and we're able to talk about, Hey, this is how you can convert better. Or like had conversations on things like that. And yeah, we got another guy. He's just brand spanking. He's a, he's a 18 year old, 18 years old. Right. And he's out there. Same thing. He's already got an investor. That he's driving around showing houses to, right. Showing deals to, he's already, you know, tagged along, followed along to, to a listing presentation, to some buyer stuff, attending some, uh, some investor seminars, doing an open house. Like these are things that we can work with this, right. That, that, that his convert, his knowledge has just, you, you can't teach it in a classroom. Go and do without question. We can get it. We can get it figured out and, and get it closed for you. And, and your leaders want to help you get it across the line because they get paid too, right? At the end of the day, I get paid when he closes, right? So it's, it's, I like to help him. I like to teach. At the end of the day, though, I need him to close so I can also get a payday, right? So there's, there's that whole yep. scenario. Let me help you. Help me help you, right? And that just involves just going and doing it and, and seeing those agents that are out there doing the do it makes a massive difference. We've got another story of, a, of, a, of another agent that's totally turned over a new lead, right? Long time, mm-hmm. knows a decent, good, good amount of real estate, just had not had a whole lot of success um, for whatever reason, variety of reasons. And then uh, she just came back and just said, that, and she just turned it on, just turned it on. And then she's on the leaderboard for many of the last six months, right? Just, just because she's now, like she's in the office, she's come... I, I highly encourage, this is a work from home business. That's the wrong, that's the wrong answer. The vast majority of us do not have the ability to properly work from home, right? So that's, that's one of the things that she's, this changes this. She's in the office. She's working out of the office and that does, it helps you focus, right? So you're actually working. And then when issues or problems come up, you know, there's people right there 
the manager's right there, the broker's right there, your team leader's right there, there's other agents right there that you can bounce ideas off of. And, and this is also a business where you get slapped sideways, right? We get, we get that dagger in the heart, somebody just rips us off, turns it over, whatever. If you're at home, that's when you go, oh, I need some, you know, I need to eat my chocolate and watch my soap opera, or I need to drink my beer and watch my, you know, whatever. Like, and then all of a sudden the whole day and then turns into the next day. Cause now you're like, it, then you just, it just goes down. But if you're here in the office, then you can go commiserate with somebody at the water cooler. And then somebody gives you a pat on the, on the back and says, okay, now go, go make the next phone call. Right. Um, so just mm -hmm. doing the do Absolutely, showing up man. makes a huge difference. Without question, action begets action, man. Um, Dave Gregg, this has been absolutely tremendous. Thank you so much for giving us your time. If the audience wanted to reach out to you, man, what would be the best way for them to do so? Uh, reach out to me. That's a really good question. <laughs> you can find out about uh, 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 First Class. And, and uh, like I said, I mentioned I'm, I'm a franchise developer. For anybody who's looking at, uh, at owning their own First Class a franchise, um, they can go to uh, growwithfirstclass.com grow with and first is a one st grow with firstclass.com um, we've got an awesome system here that allows agents to uh, to grow from nothing all the way up through through high levels in it and it it's a really it's called the skinny real estate model helps people um team leads and, and broker owners really shave off their costs so they're able to give more value to their agents um Reach me directly, cell phone number 757-572-8611. Look, I'm going to start getting phone calls from, from wherever, but hey, that's, that's probably the best way. Text me at that uh, number, call me at that number. Um, and uh, there's, uh, again, that on that website, growwithfirstclass.com, there's a, there's a contact me button in there as well. Absolutely fantastic, Dave. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. And to those of you out there chasing freedom, freedom is accomplished one action at a time. As Dave said, go do the do and take some massive action. Tell somebody you know that can help hold you accountable, which you probably won't. And before you know it, you too, we live in a life of freedom. So thank you for tuning in. We will catch you on the next one.